Friends, fiends, rapscallions, I know what you all must be thinking every time an episode is released of Easily Irritated. I'm sure you're all thinking, God, Mike is my favorite comedian. I love his stand-up. I love his podcast. I love Mike McCowan. I just wish I could have a podcast myself. I wish that people would want to listen to me talk. I wish, you know, I'm passionate about JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. Maybe I should start a podcast on that. But who's going to listen? And then I'm creating all this work, all this effort to just shout into the void? No, that doesn't sound fun. But here's where you're wrong, my friends. There's a magical little platform called Anchor. And it's everything you need or anything you want to create a podcast. It's completely free and there's creation tools to make it easy and fun for you to be able to do it literally anywhere. You can do it from your phone. You can do it from your computer. You can hold up your phone like you're talking to a friend and you're actually reporting a podcast. And the audio is amazing. This is what I used when I first started my podcast and it is a great app. It's a great platform and the best thing about it is you upload your podcast, send it away, and Anchor will upload it for you onto all the streaming platforms, onto Spotify, onto Applecasts, anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, you'll be able to hear your podcast. I'll be able to li- you can send me your podcast and I'll listen to it. Anyway, you're probably still thinking, I don't know, I'm a little on the edge here. I'm a little on the fence. Because even if I do create a podcast, who's going to listen? I'm never going to make money off the podcast. Not like you do. But see, this is where you're also wrong, my little wolf pups. With Anchor, you don't have to have a minimum listenership. You don't have to reach 500 people. You could reach one dude in South Carolina that lives in his mom's basement and he never wears pants. He only wears tidy whities all the time and his mom brings him oatmeal when he's hungry and corn dogs because who doesn't love corn dogs? It doesn't matter if that guy is your one and only fan because with Anchor, you don't have to have a minimum listenership. You could have one guy, two guys, 500 guys, 1,000 guys. It doesn't matter. You'll still make money off your podcast by reading ads much like I'm doing now. There's no minimum listenership. That's what's great about Anchor. It's everything you need literally in one place to make a podcast. Now, listen closely and I'll tell you how to do it, all right? It's super complicated. You might want to take some notes. Step one, open up your smartphone or iPhone. Go to the App Store and type in anchor.fm. Click the download button and get your podcast started. It's that easy. All right. Now enjoy the show. Hey. Easily Irritated was not recorded in front of a live studio audience but rather a captive audience of pop figurines and porcelain dolls. Sorry to take a little break. I know we just had an ad. But I really do need to tell you. I need to further instill my point. You know, we live in a time of some craziness, all right? There's some riots going on. There's a 
COVID-19 virus going on. There's all this talk about defunding the police department. I'm sure you want to give your opinions out there. Shout them out there. You know, get some following behind you. You know, up the morale a little bit in society in America. God knows we could all have a little content that would let us, you know, escape from all the awfulness in the world. Surely this podcast doesn't do it for you. So create your own, all right? When I was first trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. One being, am I going to have to upload my podcast to each platform individually? To Spotify, to Apple, to everywhere? Because that's, that's going to be super annoying and I don't want to do that. Well, that's when I heard about Anchor. It's a one-stop, all you need to create a podcast. They upload, you upload it onto Anchor. Oh, here's my little podcast. I'm talking about riots and what flavor ice cream I like. I send it into Anchor. They upload it, and they distribute it for me on Spotify, Apple, everywhere. You can listen to a podcast you will hear about Easily Irritated. It is that awesome. But here's another question I had. Will I ever make money? Like, Let's say I do develop a fan following. Will I make money? Will I be able to apply for sponsors? But here's what I didn't know is you don't even have to have a minimum listenership with Anchor. No. You can make money from your podcast right away. I don't, I wouldn't expect a lot of money, but you know, two cents from every listener, that adds up, you know? So, the answer to every one of these questions is simple. Anchor, all right? Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with the great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcasts. Why have advertisers, oh, this is for hymns. If you're uh, losing your hair and your dick doesn't work, come here and use my code word. They're not going to match you up with randos like that, okay? They know your podcast. Advertisers, advertisers, advertisers know your demographic, all right? They know the message you're trying to get out, and they will match sponsors to you, to the content that you offer. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Now, all you have to do, it's, it's not complicated at all. First of all, open up the App Store on your smartphone or your iPhone, right? Type in anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash start. And... Uh, You'll get started, you'll make your podcast, you'll make money. Maybe you might even become Rogan legendary. The Joe Rogan experience might even fail to comparison of how massive your show is, mans, dudes, whoa, mans. Join the revolution of podcasting. Now, back to the show. Hello, Zies, my nosies. 
ho-ho and the mo-mo and the go-go-go. Quarantine's almost over, you guys. And it will be, don't get me wrong, horrendous. I mean, what do we really have to go on? Just a bunch of deaths, you know, more than World War II. Or one, one, two, I'm not really sure. I'm not a mathologist. All I know is I'm a man of words. And I disagree with some stuff. People say that we're all living the same lives. I disagree. I'm not living the same life as you or as your neighbor or as the dude across the street. You know why? Nothing about my behavior in public has really changed. I mean, really, before I was rude and an antisocial dick because I would walk toward, you know, I'd walk on a walking path and see a stranger in the, in the distant near path of my walkage. And I would say, hey, I'm going to go onto the grass to avoid walking anywhere near you. And that's not me being, like, suspicious of your activities. That's me not wanting to be around another stranger that I don't know. And I don't want to give you the false impression that I am at all interested in your life at all. And sometimes I'm even nervous to say hey to strangers or nod in their direction because I don't want them to feel that they could talk to me or communicate with me at all. Sometimes people ask for things. Cigarettes, a phone to call, some change. I don't have any of those things, or at least that's what I'm going to tell you because I don't want to talk to you. You're a stranger, and I was raised... Not to talk to strangers. But now with the quarantine, I'm friendly, I'm safe, and I'm a considerate neighbor. Because I give people well their six feet. I don't want to be anywhere near you, sir, especially with corona out there. Alright? I'm not going to wear a mask right now because I'm out of contacts and I don't want to fog up my glasses. But I will keep my distance. Try not to go into stores, you know. Uh, order Postmates or GoPuff or whatever those things. We're in the 21st century. Why do you still need to physically be in stores? That is just cockamamie banana pants to me. Alright? The fact that most of our positions aren't already virtual is beyond me. I mean, for reals, Benils. You have to... Live in New York to be a writer for the New York Times? No. You should be able to live in Colorado or wherever the shit. Most positions should be able to be online. Unless you're uh, having to work in the bank, I suppose. But, you know, if you're not like that kind of thing and you're like, you have the ability to be virtual, why not? Work from your home. People are complaining about it. I have to be around my kids all day at home. Listen, don't blame your house or the circumstances for that. You made a poor decision eight years ago when you decided to have 
that little monster instead of having an abortion like your gut told you to. All right? For anybody who's going crazy at home with their kids for the last month, dude, maybe you should have thought about that before you popped out those little monsters. Now, I'm not saying I hate kids. I love kids. Kids are cool. I am a kid myself. I'm a giant baby. I like imaginary games. I like to build forts. I like squirt gun fights. I like to play laser tag. I like all that shit. Dream job laser tag instructor. That would be amazing. But unfortunately, you need a fingerprint clearance card for that. I'm pretty sure I can't obtain one of those. You know, on the count of me being a criminal and all. Anyway, but I'm funny. I'm a funny criminal. That's all that really matters, you know. Anyway, I woke up angry this morning. Rageful. Because I don't like unjust things. And I really don't like when uh, the judicial system fucks over other people. Straight out, Mosey Monono over the situation. Let's just let the guilty people run rampant over the city. Why not? Imprison all the innocent people. That's how the government works, right? Well, at least in this example. I mean, really. There's a guy in Georgia in February, I guess. Um, uh, Ahmad Arbery. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm a mushmouth as it is and an idiot. So any of my information is just parroted information from variable news sources. Nothing what I'm saying is actually legit intelligentos, you know? But these, this was in Georgia two months ago. These two guys, white guys, you know, I can say that I'm white. They were white guys, but I... You know, they don't represent me. You know, they're just two crazy rednecks. If you pull up a picture of them online, damn, if they don't if they don't look like they match the crime of hunting down a random black man with their entire neighborhood and shooting them down in cold-blooded murder just because he was a black guy running by their house. You couldn't have pictured a better description for them. I mean, they just, if you picture redneck, what do you picture? You picture like a balding guy, right? Fat, featureless, pink in the nose of alcoholism and such. Ginger beard, maybe. Nailed it. That's what they both look like. Father and son. The racism doesn't fall far from the racist tree. And uh, in Georgia, those trees are really big, you know? They're really old. They're droopy. They're really pretty. And uh, that's unfortunately the way it goes. A lot of those places, Georgia, Alabama, you know, Arkansas. I wanted to go to school in Arkansas, in Hendrix. Uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful down there. Big green old buildings, like all willowy, the droopy willows and everything. They have cool alligators and such. But do you know why it's cool down in those places? Down in the south? It's because the governments and all those areas, they're all ran 
by super deep-rooted racists. And they don't like change. You know, they don't want the McDonald's being filled with the Mexicans and the border polluting their town, stealing their jobs. They don't want any of that shit. All that shit needs to stay the same. And that's why those places are pretty. Unfortunately, those uh, deep-seated racist idiots, they breed because their sperm works. Um, I would like to say we could just, you know, drop a, you know, Unabomber. Uh, what is a Unabomber? Is a Unabomber a person? Was that just a tragedy or is it actually a bomb? I don't know. That's how intelligent I am. But no, we just we just spray that with some pesticides, kill all those people out. We don't have to torch nobody, you know? Just poison their water system. Get rid of them. And uh, <clears throat> do what we did with the Middle East, you know? You're 14, get rid of you. 18, get rid of you. Older than that, get rid of you. 12-year-old, you're cool. Raise to be right. That's what we did in the Middle East, right? Anyway. That's the problem. These two white guys, they were involved in a fatal shooting of uh, Ahmad Arbery. An armed black man jogging through their Georgia little white neighborhood. And uh, they were arrested over two months later with murder and aggravated assault last Thursday. This crime happened in late February. Why are they just getting arrested last week? A lot of questions. A lot of uh, open-ended answers, you know? Anyway, the arrests were of the... Padre and the Sunskis of Gregory McMichael, 64, a retired district attorney. And, um, you know, no, Gregory McMichael. I thought it was George. George McMichael. No, maybe it's Gregory. Whatever. Gregory McMichael, he's a 64-year-old old dude, former... A t- district attorney, investigator, police detective. So he's an astute guy, you know? There's no stereotypes that he's privy to. He doesn't like a lot of racism, you know? He doesn't ever profile anybody. He's a good stand-up cop. And his son, Travis McMichael, 34. Hey, four years older than me. And already winning at life. So, uh, yeah. They uh, released a video of them hunting down this kid. That's the thing. If you commit a crime, especially if you're going to hunt down another human being for sport, don't film yourselves doing it and don't release it online. That's real not coolsies. And people will definitely track you down. Anyways, Ace. Well, I can read you some of the statements. Scroll down here. Yeah, there's a lot of racist shit going on, you know. Anyway. Arbery, victim, a former high school football star 
was passionate about staying in shape, according to friends and family, who told New York Times he often spent his free time running. Well, that makes sense, because he was shot down in running, jogging outfit. He went for uh, one such run on February 23rd. Damn, this happened a long time ago. Why are they just being arrested? Beyond me. <clears throat> Ending up in Satilla Shores, a few miles away from his home in Glen County. Gregory McMichael claims he was in his front yard when he saw Aubrey hauling ass. That's in quotes, by the way, in this uh, article. On the record, he put hauling ass, after which he ran inside to get a weapon. And his son, Travis, he told the police, he said, Travis, the guy's running down the street. Let's go. I mean, that's a normal reaction, right? If you see a black guy run on the public sidewalk and your house happens to be along his route and you you see this guy run in front of your house on the public sidewalk, your natural reaction is to grab a gun and grab your son to hunt down this person, right? If he's not the same color as you, then why not? It only makes sense. That's the only logical answer. It's like, I don't know, you know? By the guy, he meant the person responsible for what some in the neighborhood have described as two burglaries. Some in the neighborhood have... That... I don't think that sentence makes a lot of sense. By the guy, he meant the person who was responsible for what some in the neighborhood have described as two burglaries. So one guy reported something and another guy claimed to have something stolen. Cool. Larry English, a man building a home in the McMichaels neighborhood, said someone stole $2,500 in fishing gear from him earlier this year. English told the Daily Beast he never reported mm-hmm, never reported the theft. And the second theft was reported to the police by Travis McMichael, who said a 9mm pistol was stolen on January 1st from a vehicle parked outside his home. Huh. Well... I think it would absolutely be crazy to assume that Larry Larry English and the senior McMichaels were friends or, you know, colleagues of some kind. That would be crazy. Also, Larry, I've got a few questions. If you're building a home in the McMichaels neighborhood... Why uh, Why are you storing fishing equipment there? Why are you storing $2,500 of fishing equipment at a home that you're building? It hasn't been built yet. It's just the bones of the house. Why are you storing fishing furniture at the bones of the house? Also, $2,500, that's a lot of money. That's $2,000 plus $500. Seems like you would want to report that. Unless you didn't actually have anything stolen. Because not reporting it and it being $2,500 of fishing equipment in a house that's not built yet seems like a lie. 
But, you know, that's just me. Anyway, uh, Travis McMichael said he had a 9mm pistol in his truck. Now, Travis, as somebody who has been stupid enough, like myself, to leave a 9mm in an open car, which I have, and it was stolen and recovered to me later. Like, you know, there's a two-year difference. The cops eventually do their job, you know. But that was incredibly stupid on my part for doing that. So, Travis, you're not very smart either. That's your fault, right? I'm surprised they didn't charge me for being negligent enough to leave a firearm inside an open vehicle. Seems to me it should be illegal, but whatever. It's not, and that's cool. In the police report filed after Aubrey's killing, Gregory McMichael, who said uh, the burglar who had been caught on on surveillance video and that Aubrey matched the description of the suspect. You mean a black guy. He was just a black guy. Hey, who do you think the suspect was? Well, I want to get a good look at him, but he was black. All right. So we're looking for a black guy. Got it. So there seemed to be concerned about Aubrey's presence in the neighborhood for much of his time there on that afternoon on February 23rd, although it was never made clear by any of the 911 calls. Satila Shores is a predominantly white neighborhood. Surprise! I'm I'm genuinely surprised, you know? Really thought it was going to be one big melting pot. Um, one of the daily... Uh, all right. Beast Justin Gla, Gla? Described as featuring several homes decorated with Trump flags, one bearing the president's smiling face with the phrase, Make liberals cry again. Well... I mean, we should make liberals cry again. We should all cry ourselves. Everybody should cry. It's good for you. The first featured a uh, caller expressing distress about Aubrey's being near a house that is under construction on a property owned by, surprise, surprise, Larry English. Caller claimed that Aubrey was inside the home. Bear mind you that the home is not built yet, so it is just the bones of the home which is open to the air due to the construction. The dispatcher the dispatcher, asked what Aubrey was doing wrong, but uh, never received an answer. I feel like that 911 call went something like, Hello, 911, what's your emergency? Yes, I see a black man, and he is he's looking at a abandoned house, and it's, it's, it's exposed to the air. Okay, and and that's it. Sir, that's not an emergency. If you call back, we will charge you for a crime. Stop being racist. Pile of shit. Anyway, Aubrey wasn't having a great day, but he wasn't aware of these calls because um, it's just mind his business. It's not his fault that he's running through a super racist neighborhood, you know? Anyway, they, uh, Aubrey's family said that he's always been inquisitive and was likely just having a look at the bones of the home since that's 
something he doesn't see every day. Also, not illegal. At the very most, it's trespassing, and uh, you don't really have any witnesses. None that are uh, none that are credible. And to be a credible witness, you have to know at least three black people closely. You can't just say, no, 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 I'm not racist. I have black friends. Clearly, you're racist. And now I am starting to think that you've befriended those people to not seem racist. Are they your non-racist beard? Speak up. Anyway. After the first 911 call, 911 received another in which the caller said, Um... I'm out, I added the um, but this is a direct quote. I'm out here at Satilla Shores. There's a black male running down the street. The caller can be heard yelling, Watch that! Stop! Damn it! Stop! But uh, stops responding to the dispatcher's inquiries as to uh, what's going on and... um. Why is that illegal? Black men are allowed to run down the street. As these calls were being made, the McMichaels were preparing to pursue Aubrey. Gregory McMichael told the police he he armed himself with a .357 Magnum while his son got a shotgun and uh, told the police that he felt... Oh, it was George. I guess it's even more bizarre what she did. She chose her fan base. You know, not a lot of people choose their fan base. But all those Disney stars, all those young girls are going to get those creepers. They're going to get those pedophile creepers, those porn freaks. You know, not that there's anything wrong with liking nude photos, but, you know, young girls is a little weird. But whatever. All those Disney stars, they're all going to attract that. All those child stars, all those teeny movies and stuff. You're all going to attract those creepers. But she's the only one that zeroed into it. Because she's, she's like, no, nah, fuck all the kids that want to be me. Fuck all the parents that love their kids watching my movies and stuff. I want to zero in on the creepers. I want to zero in on the underbelly of the internet. And just toy with them. And she said she wanted to remove the stigma of sex workers. But here's the thing, lady. You're not a sex worker. You've never done any sex work. And by the looks of it, you're never going to. So you don't get to speak on behalf of sex workers. And I know a few. When you don't even do it. You fucked a lot of people. Because... I don't know why, but she didn't end up posting any nude photos, and there was a lot of people that were outraged, and because people know how to use the internet, they took screenshots of all those pictures because they didn't trust her. Her her own fans didn't trust her, and rightfully so, because she fucked them all over. She stole $200 from 10,000 people. The fact that she's not in jail is just a... I mean, 
If it was a guy that did that, he would be in jail for sure. How is the world not sexist? Which is even more bizarre because she was pretty much a reverse me too'd. You know, most guys are like me too'd in quotes because they showed their dicks or did something inappropriate. Because Bella Thorne didn't do anything inappropriate but said she was going to, they canceled her. Or she canceled herself. But essentially 10,000 people that each paid $200 that were robbed and promised something that were, was not delivered to them contacted OnlyFans and said, hey, we want our money back. Here's our proof. Here's screenshots of our proof and our confirmation of all this shit. And at first, OnlyFans was a little confused because, number one, they couldn't afford that kind of payout. They can't afford that kind of payout because that's not how their business works. And two, they're rightful. They should be confused because who would do that? They're only fucking over their own fans. They're fucking over their own fans. And uh, she, Bella Thorne's defense was, I was studying a role to undercover sex work and everything. And uh, she later deleted that tweet because uh, the director for said movie said, I have no idea what she's talking about. I've never talked to her about this role. This role doesn't exist. We're not even doing this movie. Uh, this is a straight out lie. So I think she's just a pathological liar. I think there's something fucked up in her brain. I still think she's a talentless waste of space, but she's also a criminal, and she definitely deserves to rot in jail. I say that after, in theory, threatening somebody that I don't even... It's an anonymous threat, really. Because the threat that I received was anonymous. And also, I'm not going to do anything. I just, I want to be left alone. I don't want to be... It just, it just pissed me off, that letter, you know? I don't like being talked down to by people. I don't like when I feel like there's an injustice. I don't like feeling when I'm um, unright... When I feel like I'm unjustly or unrightfully like being blamed for something that I know I didn't do, that I know I'm innocent for, I get riled up really easy. Uh, I lean on the facts. And obviously it's, it makes me sound like an asshole. But I feel like my dad always told me, never argue from a weak point. So in my fucked up brain, I was like, well, I'm just going to use the facts as weapons against your bullshit. And it's not always the right decision. A lot of the times the right decision is shut the fuck up. And if you see that person, then you can deal with it then. And hopefully you don't come off too terrifying. Because, uh, I, that's, that's something that I have always prided myself on. You know what? I'm a skinny, I'm a tall, slender man. You should not be afraid of me. Because there is nothing I can do to hurt you. 
I probably couldn't even hurt myself. I feel bad. I bruise easy. I love animals, and I don't like people hurting other people. But I've also been in a real fight, and I felt really bad about it. I won, technically, but the guy was really drunk, and I didn't feel like it counted. Also, I'm skinny, too. A lot of people underestimate the power of the bone. You know, you don't have to have muscle. Bones hurt. Bones against your face, they hurt. There's no padding. I wish I had padding. It's the extra chromosomes, man. They fuck with my anatomy. It's harder to develop muscles. I'm long and lanky. But if it's one thing I learned how to do at a young age, it's how to hurt with words. If it's anything human beings hate more than or fear and hate more than death itself is the truth. People hate the truth. You can break a person down by telling them the truth. And even if it's not the actual truth, even if it's not your truth, as long as the, as long as it's their truth, you know? As long as they think it's true, then that's all that it matters. I've always been good at manipulating the mind. Um ag- poking the bear, agitating people. As I've gotten older, I've learned to take it down, you know, not get so hot-headed. It's the redhead in me. Not get so hot-headed, you know, let things go. I have a hard time with letting things go. As you can see, I talked for the better part of 20 minutes about a letter my anonymous neighbor, well, <laughs> they think they're anonymous. I guess they are. I don't know their name, but that's because I've never cared to learn because they've always been rude. You think you're getting some Christmas cookies. Well, you're wrong, lady. You think you're getting some pumpkin Halloween cookies for Halloween from Easily Irritated. Comedy cult studios from the Cowboys of Comedy. Well, you're wrong, Missy. What are my sculptures and my podcasts and my sweet, sweet baby puppy, little baby? She's not a little baby. She's eight, but she's eight. But that's a baby in human years, you know? I know in dog years, she's like 45, but... In in human years, she's still a baby. So she's my baby, and she's baby Cassie. What'd they do to anybody? Nobody. Nothing. Little baby Isaac. I have an Isaac plush toy that my friends got me for my last birthday. What'd he do? Nothing. He cries continuously, though. Is it strange that a 30-year-old man has a plush of a naked baby that's crying? A crying naked baby? From the Binding of Isaac. It's a video game. It's a pretty fun video game. I've never beaten the whole thing. But I'm not that great at video games. I have a short temperament. And a short attention span. 
But I can do podcasts. And I'll do them more regularly. I'm sorry. I had bouts of depression. I thought I knew better than doctors and medical persons. But you know what? Maybe the occasional suicidal thought every now and again is not the worst thing that can happen. When you have to face weeks of just mind-numbing depression. I'll give it a few more days. Go big or go home, I always say. Can't can't risk little things. Big rewards coming, you know? High risk, high reward. Little risk, little reward. Or something like that. My best friends want to go to a watering hole. Go swimming. I was like, that sounds fun. Sounds very Huckleberry Finn. I'll do that. So I looked up a few places. There are a few places in Sedona. I like those places. But I've been to Sedona. I've been to Slide Rock. They're fun. Very touristy. Uh, Mildredge Bridge. Midgley, Midgley Bridge. That sounded cool. Sounded like a college hotspot. I know I'm 30. I know that's creepy. But I like to party. It's not about getting with chicks. I'm down for the party, you know? And I know it's just three of us, and I'm with a married couple, but I'm going to have weed on me, you know? And God knows marijuana makes friends. Don't you worry, you germ freaks, right? My goblin ways, I'm trying to leave them behind. My apartment is still spotless. A condo, whatever you want to call it. It's more apartment-like than condo, but I guess technically it's a condo. (sighs) Anyway, it's still clean. I'm trying to leave my goblin ways behind me. But marijuana is about sharing. Sharing is caring, you know? I'll use some hand sanitizer. You can also use, like, rubber, you know... um, they have little tops for your vapes that they come with. And if you just poke a hole in the top, slide that over like a condom, someone can puff on that and they can keep that for future use, you know? That's how you spread the party. But no, we found a better place. A place with waterfalls, supposedly, you know? You never know with pictures on Google. We could get there and it could be dried up and awful looking. But it's called Fossil Creek. And it's supposed to be like an hour away from Phoenix. And I was like, damn, that's way closer than Sedona. You know? We're out in Tempe. Well, I love it in Gilbert. I love it. I love it in Gilbert. It's nice. It's sweet. It's beautiful. I lived in Tempe for a long time, though. I like the hustle bustle of the city. I like the dirtiness of the hobos. The community of the hobos fascinates me. Their whole community. It's very circusy. It's very freak show esque. It's very Venice Beachy. I like it without the wedding dresses and the clowns, you know? If I was. Sometimes I wish that I was like 
like freaky awesome instead of like beautiful, mildly funny, and moderately okay at the ukulele, you know? So I could join the freak show. I'm watching the the American Horror Story, the freak show season right now. I could do some great things with lobster hands, all right? He talks about it like it's a curse. Well, maybe because you're in the 60s or the 40s or whatever that time period is. But lobster hands today? You could you could have a real cool act with some lobster hands, all right? Real cool stand-up act, one-man show, you name it, baby. Vegas, here we come! Penn and Teller... David Blaine, let's see what we can do with these lobster claws. It would suck, though, being that clown trying to commit suicide with a shotgun. It not working. You just have a hole in your mouth. At least he doesn't have, like, the asshole mouth from that kid, like that kid from Preacher. You know what I'm talking about? Where... It looks like his whole mouth is like one stretched out asshole. I think they call him ass face or whatever. But he's like stuck in hell with Hitler and he got out. It's a bunch of spoilers right there. Just, you know, after the fact, of course, because, you know, this is my show. And we do things my way. I would play you guys a song. I wrote a rather funny song about an ex-girlfriend that I had years ago. Um, doesn't say her name in the song, but, uh, for sure if she ever heard it, she'd be like, oh, hey, oh, is that kind of hoe? What's up? But, uh, I want to be considerate of the person that, the C word I said. I don't have enough anger left in me to call her the full C-U-N-T, you know? There's a lot of anger in there. When I started spouting off the cunt word, I really don't think that it's, you know, good about women. But, you know, if that letter turned out to be written by a guy, I wouldn't have changed the word. I just feel like that's a derogatory word toward any gender. It just hurts me that other women get hurt by it. And I don't like to hurt people's feelings. That person really pissed me off. But now, I feel calm. It's 3.30 a.m. in the morning, recording this podcast for 41 minutes. I was all hyped up. I was all amped up. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get to sleep. I need to express my thoughts and my feelings, you know? Of course, I'm not going to do anything to that person. I don't even know who it was. It left it anonymous. Like, I couldn't figure it out. But... I don't know. I just don't care enough. It's just, all I ask is just treat me like a human being, you know? Because chances are if animal control is called to my door and I answer and I talk to them in person, I'm going to be selling out everybody. By everybody, I mean the people above me that I think left the letter. Because I like everybody else. Everybody else is cool. But upstairs, 
that's who I'm selling out. I don't care if you're guilty or not. That's who I think wrote the letter. <sighs> I'm crazy. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw the first punch. I wouldn't even call animal control. Just because I feel like that's a fucked up thing to do to somebody, you know? If cops showed up to my house too, I'd be very annoyed. Because I'm still on probation and I have to report that shit to my probation officer. I just, like like I said, I just want to be left alone, you know? I don't want to cause problems. I'm sorry that they were kept up, you know? I'm sorry that I was watching my grandfather who was sick and not doing great. I'm sorry that I had to watch his dog because my family does so much for me. They help me a lot, out a lot. They've been helping me out a lot during this pandemic. They've not always been perfect parents, you know? They love me, and they've been helping me. I felt like that was the least I could do. My brother was out of town. I honestly didn't think sport would be this much of a pain in the ass. And he destroyed my curtains. I had to buy new curtains. Blackout curtains, because now the sun stares at me. I had to hang a blanket like a ghetto fiend. I'm a classy bitch. I'm a classy queen all right i demand i demand fanciness and luxury can't have dogs tearing down my my fanciness just because they go see a friend or go to a dispensary or go to the goddamn grocery store i don't like dogs asking me to go outside every five minutes cassie wants to go outside now but she's fine because she actually asks me to go to the bathroom. She doesn't cry, wolf. Sport looks like a dingo. He's an Australian red cattle dog. The little curly tail curls around and around just like a pig. But he looks like a little dingo other than that. But... It's just so needy. And I know I say that because, and I'm the most needy. I'm also low maintenance, but I'm also super needy. No, I'm just really needy. I come in bouts of neediness, but I also hate needy animals and I hate needy people. You know, you can't need me. All the time. You could want to be around me. Cassie's an exception. I need her too. Alright. It, it's a two way streak. We're imprinted on each other. Or she's imprinted on me. But I'm definitely connected with her. And you know. I don't see myself having children. Mostly because I have a 95% chance of not having children. But also because... I'm very much a child. I can barely take care of myself. I think a kid would annoy me. I think I'd be a great uncle. I would be a great uncle. I will be a great uncle. And that's why I want my brother to have kids. And I want 
Austin, my best friend, to have kids with his glorious bride. They would be great parents. You know, growing up with them really fucks your head up. I really feel the Corey and Pink. <laughs> Former and entertainer, um, arts appreciatos, sculptor, but I'm also a uh, self-identified addict. You know, I don't think it would matter what it would be. I'm addicted to candy, I'm addicted to caffeine, particularly Red Bulls, um, sugar in general. Marijuana. I know marijuana is not addictive, but I have an addictive personality. I have it genetically, it's in my genetics, and Kleinfelter syndrome makes you more easily addicted to things in the first place. So I've got a lot of things working against me. I shouldn't be doing marijuana at all because doing copious amounts of marijuana uh, increases your estrogen levels. And uh, although my... Estrogen levels or whatever, like, they're the same as they would be for any guy. My testosterone levels are low. So uh, it's kind of like fighting things with things, you know? That's why a lot of stoners have, like, you know, the man titties. or and They're very, like, easy go in and chill and calm. That's that estrogen working overtime for it in a natural way of getting it. But you're just doing a lot of pot, man. But... I probably should stop. I'm feeling tired and stuff. Doing too much marijuana. But I get out such great writing. Like, I don't perform great high. In fact, I don't like it. I feel like it's disrespectful to you guys. Doing things intoxicated. <clears throat> Even that podcast with John, I felt... I didn't feel good about it. Because although it was fun doing and everything... You're not putting your best foot forward if you're not doing something completely sober, you know? But it does help writing. It does put you in a weird headspace. It makes you analyze things and situations and topics differently than you would with a sober mind. Now, this can also work with alcohol, but... Uh, I'm not a huge fan of alcohol. I like to feel in control of myself, you know? I'm a control freak. But, who am I? I'm a mess of a person. I've been arrested. Twice. That's a lie. I've been arrested three times. <clears throat> I've been detained... Once, twice. I've been detained twice. But I've been in jail once. <clears throat> For four months last year. 
I became the crazy 